Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's another minicast from Away With Words. I'm Martha Barnett. What's the one word that comes to mind when you hear the name J.D. Salinger? Masterpiece? Recluse? How about the F word? I ask because we had a call recently from a listener named Mark. Mark is a journalism teacher in Indianapolis, and recently he'd read an article on a journalism blog called What J.D. Salinger Taught Me About Literary Use of the F Word. That article, in turn, prompted a conversation with a colleague about a couple of linguistic terms describing how the F-word is sometimes used. Now, one of those terms is infix. The other is tamesis. That's T-M-E-S-I-S, tamesis. Both of them are pretty close in meaning. They have to do with splitting a word and sticking in at least one extra syllable. So instead of hi-ho, you say hi-diddly-ho or fan-freaking-tastic. Of course, you can also insert the F word in there, right? Now, Mark called because he and his colleague wanted to learn more about these linguistic terms and the differences between them. First, we asked Mark what examples he'd heard. Here's what he told us. One was uh, the British use of bloody, mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. might say abso bloody lutely. Right. Where uh, we might say abso effing lutely. <laughs> right. Uh, another was, uh, oddly enough, a uh, character on The Simpsons, Ned Flanders, will say, like, diddly in the middle of a word. Like, Hi, well, diddly, diddly ho, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah things like that. Okie diddly uh, dokie. So, yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> Super were some, diddly but, duper. <laughs> but uh, we, we didn't really come up with any actual words, just kind of goofy little uh, sounds almost that uh, mm-hmm. are used that way. Well, bloody, bloody is a word, but you're, as you, you're right. It's not very American or, or North American even to do that. And so your question is what, Mark? Well, I was, we were kind of debating, uh, you know, actually what is an infix, uh, whether when it's used like that is an infix or a tamesis, uh, and then are there other words? So uh, there was kind of a debate uh, whether uh, an infix was actually the word used like that or whether it was... Um, like adding uh, adding an S to, like, mother-in-law to make it mothers-in-law. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a, the difference between infixing and tamesis, and actually there's a third word, diacope, D-I-A-C-O-P-E. It's more old-fashioned. It's a Latin word, and it's more or less the same as tamesis. The difference is so varied that I, I don't think that the experts even agree on it. Uh, if you can look in any number of books about linguistics and, and, and language and find that they tend to broadly define it so they don't, <laughs> so they don't get in trouble by over-defining and being too precise in their definition. Mm-hmm. But generally, infixing is about one word being inserted inside another word. Um, tamesis is often about one word being inserted inside another compound word. So you, you, you might say a... Um, okay. What's a what's a great example of that? Um, f- uh, f- 
first effing prize. So first prize is kind of a compound. You start effing in there, and you know that's our euphemism for the f word. And then you've got a really good example of of tamesis. But again, these definitions tend to be vague. They tend to be defined differently by different authorities. And in general, they're all about inserting some some sound, some some word or some syllable in a place that it didn't used to go or doesn't ordinarily belong. Um, I see people do this um, just for fun, like with edumacation. There we go. Yeah, that actually, yeah. There are a number of examples of for, for that exact sy- syllable, the ma sound being inserted in other words, and usually to indicate some kind of um, pretend uh, pretending to be ignorant is how how it goes. But the rest of them, it's really interesting. They're mostly about emphasis and mostly very slangy, so bloody and damn and and effing or frigging or freaking and so on and so forth. Interestingly enough, infixing is more common in other languages than it is in English. English doesn't use it very much at all. Um, did you guys do a show on whole a whole nother? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that was another example I, I thought of was uh, heard people say a whole nother, mm-hmm. and whether mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. stuck in there would be another example of it. Yeah, that one's a that one's a sticking. There's a sticking point with that is that some authorities believe that another is legitimately a word on its own, and so maybe it isn't actually any kind of infixing or tamesis happening. Right, there. that's a whole other example. <laughs> yeah, so um, so it's it's a dangerous one. But absolutely is absolutely is a great example of it. Or, or I guarantee you is a great example of it as well. Really interesting stuff. You'll find that it's a it's a great marker of some of the best um, literature that uses American colloquial speech. If you're reading really good writing and they're doing really good regional accents or regional dialect, then they tend to f- they tend to use this properly because it's um, it's characteristic of a of a register of language that's really it's very informal, but it's about how shall I put this constantly exaggerating or understating in order to make an effect. There's a, a kind of language that we Americans have in particular, Australians have it in big doses as well, where we overstate and understate in order to make a point, and and infixing goes right along with that. So, Mark, does that help? Uh, that does. Oh, we're abso... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we're glad you called. <laughs> Thank you very much. One of my favorite ones is from a 1979 article about the Super Bowl, and it's Aladambamba. <laughs> I'm going to Aladambamba. <laughs> it sounds like Five Slamma Jamma. <laughs> Something like that. Remember that basketball team? Five yeah, and there's some that are kind of like on the fence, absolutely. Oh, I used to say that all the time. I thought I made it up. Oh, I hate when that happens. But hey, I do want to say one more thing about the word tamesis. It comes from a Greek root that means to cut. And in fact, tamesis is an etymological relative of all those otomy suffixes that have to do with cutting, like lobotomy. And it's related to the word anatomy, which comes from Greek words that literally mean all cut up. And here's something really great. You see this same cutting root in the word atom. Now, the prefix there... A means not, and because the ancient Greeks thought the unit known as an atom was not cuttable, they put those two words together. Atom means not cuttable. Of course, we've since found out, for better or for worse, that the ancient Greeks were wrong about that. Anyway, if you have a question or a comment about language, it'd be fan-freaking-tastic to hear from you. You can email us at words at waywardradio.org or leave us a message on our Anytime Language line. That's 1-877-929-9673. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. For Away With Words, I'm Martha Barnett.
Support for Away With Words is provided by MoseyPro Online Backup. MoseyPro protects your business's data with simple, secure, and affordable backup solutions. Find out more at mosey.com slash words.